Hello, everybody, and welcome to the May 18, 2021 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, I think we should begin by just continuing where we've been going with these monologues, and that is our continuous coverage of the situation going on in Gaza, where Israel is continuing to bomb Gaza, but don't you worry because actually Hamas is under something that's being bombed I don't know anymore. Now, continuing to talk about Saturday's bombing regarding a building that contained both the Associated Press and Al Jazeera, Israel has repeatedly said that there were Hamas operatives in that building. They've also failed to provide any evidence of that. The, <laughs> an Israeli operative and a diplomat who worked for Prime Minister Netanyahu said that there was a smoking gun and that that smoking gun was provided to President Biden. As of right now, the Associated Press, who you might remember, was bombed, has still been unable to access evidence Hamas was operating in that building. When Ken Klippenstein of The Intercept asked the Biden administration, who you may remember was shown the smoking gun, according to Israel, for evidence, they declined to comment. So, somebody had a very bizarre idea, and that's, why not just ask the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken? And that is what somebody did yesterday. How did Blinken respond? To quote the Associated Press, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says he has not seen any Israeli evidence of Hamas operating in a Gaza office building that Israel destroyed in an airstrike. The building housed the Associated Press, broadcaster Al Jazeera, and other media. So, again, Israel showed the smoking gun to the U.S. That is what they keep telling us. Meanwhile, do you know who hasn't seen the smoking gun? Anybody. Where is it? The Associated Press was literally bombed, and they cannot find it. You'd think that'd be common courtesy, by the way. And despite the fact Israel keeps claiming the Biden administration has seen it, no one in the Biden administration has any idea what they're talking about. Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked a similar question that same day, and she also had no idea what was being talked about. Because there is no evidence. None exists. That building did not have Hamas in it. So, how has the U.S. responded? Well, let's take the level-headed response from Senator Tom Cotton as an example. Why is the Associated Press sharing a building with Hamas? Surely these intrepid reporters knew who their neighbors were. Did they knowingly allow themselves to be used as human shields by a U.S.-designated terrorist organization? Did the AP pull its punches and decline to report for years on Hamas's misdeeds? I submit that the AP has some uncomfortable questions to answer. In 15 years, did no one ever say, gosh, I wonder why Hamas keeps running around our office building? Did no one in AP's leadership think, you know, maybe we should move our people to a safer building in a better neighborhood? 
Under the circumstances, I'm not sure what's worse, that the AP knew they shared a building with Hamas or that they didn't know. So ignoring the incredible levels of jacking off that we just saw from Tom Cotton, like, wow, dude, what? Yeah, just asking questions ing off, J-A-Q. It's internet lingo. I know internet lingo! Anyway, ignoring the impressive levels of jacking off done by Senator Tom Cotton, it should be known there's a massive flaw in what he said. That being that, oh yeah, the AP wasn't sharing a building with Hamas. There is no evidence of that, and the Israeli government has declined to provide such evidence. I could insult Tom Cotton, but luckily some other people have already done so, as Tom Cotton reads them out. Keith Oberman called me an anti-constitution, anti-free press, racist, fascist. One Slate reporter wrote that I was making deranged insinuations and going to bat against civilians in a war zone. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Now, with that said, that does not mean that Hamas hasn't suffered as a result of these Israeli drone strikes. However, you know what else it doesn't mean? It doesn't mean that only Hamas has suffered. Here's another report, this one given to us through Twitter, by a guy named Steve Sobey, who runs the Palestinian Children Relief Fund. Quote, At the PCRF office in Gaza is on the third floor of this building, a place where I've worked with our team for many years. It was hit today in an airstrike targeting the MOH main office across the street. Thankfully, our staff was not in the office, so no one was injured. They destroyed a children's relief fund. And these guys are the good guys, according to our media. Really want you to think about that. Anyway, now it's time for dumbest thing I've ever heard. The bronze goes to David Dobemeyer, the crazy far-right activist and former coach who was fired for trying to make his players pray before games. As Right Wing Watch put it on Twitter, Dave Dobemeyer learned from a Civil War reenactor that the Confederate flag had nothing to do with slavery, but everything to do with the righteous government and the right of free men to govern themselves. A right that the Confederacy fully expressed when, as Union states, they refused to put Abraham Lincoln on the ballot during a 1960 pres or 1860, sorry, 1860 presidential election. Not 1960, that was a little later. He complains, the winners write the history. Uh, yeah, the people who literally had McCarthy-style blacklists in libraries and demanded that libraries write unjust to the South on certain books weren't the ones who were influencing history. The Journal of African American History was specifically created to push back on the Lost Cause narrative. Just saying. Runner-up Fox Noise host Laura Ingram, who ran this creon under her show last night, The Left Doesn't Actually Have an Agenda. 
This from the same people who didn't even give a 2020 platform because they agreed with Donald Trump so much. But the winner is Town Hall columnist Joy Overbeck for both being an adult and writing a column in this style. New COVID mask guidelines from the CDC have Americans ready to burn their face diapers in celebration. Whoopee! No mask if you've got the vax. But not so fast. Before you fire up your mask, stop and think. This summer, will retail stores, concerts, and other events, venues, swimming pools, bars, and restaurants, and churches take your word for it? For you sashi and maskless? Will the prospective employer want to see your vax pass? Will your current employer fire you if you dodge the jab? This is not how an adult writes. This is how a 10-year-old writes. I should also note that this column is called The New Bigotry, Vax Discrimination Against Republicans, Vax spelled V-A-X, because, again, this person is five. Other highlights include this. On the essential question of personal autonomy, Mr. Biden engages in Puttis Pilate-esque hand-washing. You know, comparing Joe Biden to the man who sentenced Jesus Christ to death seems a little hyperbolic. And, of course, there's this. If the mask overreach morphs into vax overreach, the unvaxed, please stop spelling it like that, you aren't a 15-year-old texting, could soon become second-class citizens, unable to enjoy the benefits of a newly free society. They would be a new discrimination against group banned from schools, restaurants, concerts, plays, planes, and, and the armed forces. And their job prospect could be severely limited in a culture where I need to see your papers is used to bar the unvax from full participation in life. They would be facing a sort of lifetime quarantine from fun. ID, please. The original form of bigotry. Joy overreach or whatever she's called. You've said the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anyway. Former Vice President Mike Pence thinks he knows why there's violence in Gaza. It's not because Hamas or Israel, it's because of Joe Biden, as he explained in a National Review article he published yesterday, which I will now absolutely destroy. The Trump-Pence administration opened the door to a future of peace in the Middle East, founded on our strong and unwavering commitment to the state of Israel, the same state of Israel that is currently bombing all of Gaza. But now, Israel is enduring the worst outbreak of violence in at least seven years because they raided a mosque during Ramadan, a direct result of the weakness shown by the Biden administration from its first day in office. So was that sniping at the Gaza fence in 2018 uh, Trump's fault out of curiosity? I mean, pro-Israel commentators literally blamed it on Trump moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Don't forget that. Most Americans witnessing the recent bloodshed in Israel are perplexed by how quickly violence erupted after years of calm. 
The answer is President Biden and Congressional Democrats have abandoned unambiguous support for our ally Israel, emboldened our enemies, and turned their back on a policy that yielded historic peace in the deals in the Middle East. Yes, historic theater deals that didn't actually solve any underlying conflicts. Under the Trump-Pence administration, we made it crystal clear to the world that America stands with Israel. We withdrew from the dangerous Iran nuclear deal brokered by the Obama-Biden administration, which put the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, that's wrong for the record, on the path to nuclear weapons, that's also wrong, the Iran deal actually stopped Iran from creating nuclear weapons, while sending pallets of cash to the mullahs in Iran. Actually, it was their money that was put in account freeze by President Carter. We acknowledged Israel's sovereignty over the Golem Heights, which are in Syria, might I add, and which they have no historical claim for sovereignty over. And the Jewish communes in Judah and Samara, and President Trump kept the promise made by countless Republican and Democrat politicians by actually following through in moving the American embassy to Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel. Which led to a bunch of Gazans getting sniped at the fence, again, according to Zionists. Every step of the way, Democrats and self-proclaimed foreign policy experts derided our administration's approach and issued dry warnings that blood would soon flow in the streets of Israeli cities. As usual, they were wrong. Yeah, because Israel does not actually have to worry about terrorism on a regular basis. You are right there, Mr. Pence. In fact, last year, our administration broke the Abraham Accords, a series of historic peace agreements between Israel and Arab Muslim countries, the most significant breakthrough for peace in decades. None of those countries, by the way, had made any efforts to move against Israel in multiple decades. This groundbreaking peace accords happened not in spite of America's support for Israel, but because of it, especially when a pandemic's going on. Other nations knew where America stood was absolute certainty, and they didn't beforehand. And by the way, Biden is still a self-described Zionist. You know that, right? And he is friends with Benjamin Netanyahu. They knew America would respond forcefully if our citizens or allies were threatened. As a result, they responded rationally by pursuing peace and harmony. But now, President Biden has sent the world a profound and different message. Instead of seeking peace through strength, which is the nice way of saying peace through war, he has invited violence through weakness. President Biden has embodied anti-Semitic terrorist groups. By the way, them being terrorist groups is notably more important than them being anti-Semitic, just saying such as Hamas, by shunning Israeli leaders and restoring more than $200 million in aid to the Palestinians that had been canceled by the Trump-Pence administration. The Palestinians were officially victims of cancel culture. Also, you should know, you do know Palestine and Gaza aren't the same thing, right? Like, they're on opposite sides of Israel. Gaza is on its west side. Palestine is on its east side. You, you do understand that. 
he unilaterally took the Iranian-backed Houthis off the list of designated terrorist organizations. And, worst of all, he has announced his intentions to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal, destabilizing the entire region. When asked, Biden's press secretary couldn't even say whether Israel remains an important ally to the United States. Every tempted statement uttered by the Biden-Harris administration is built on false equivalencies between Israel and Hamas. One is a sovereign nation with a legitimate government and a trusted ally. The other is an internationally recognized terrorist organization that has fired more than 3,000 rockets at Jewish families and businesses in the past week. For every 15 people killed in the Israel-Palestine conflict, 13 are, Israel, or 13 are Palestinian and 2 are Israeli. Just so Pence knows. There is no moral equivalency between Israel and the terrorist group Hamas. President Biden and every American leader should uphold Israel's right to self-defense. No one denies they have a right to self-defense. We deny they have the right to bomb buildings and refugee camps or bomb buildings with reporters in them, or bomb buildings with children's charities in them. That's it. Self-defense is fine, though. And condemn the terrorists of Hamas, as well as their supporters and apologists, in the strongest possible terms. Only if you condemn radical Zionists, like the ones who killed former Israeli Prime Minister Rubin, over the Odoff Accords, or, for that matter, people like John Hagee and Pat Robertson, who believe the reason Israel should have the land is because the rapture will start and most of the Jews will die. Apparently, Biden learned nothing from the tragic foreign policy blunders made during his time as vice president. President Obama's thin red line in Syria, which he eventually started bombing, his decision to lead from behind in Libya, where he overthrew where NATO overthrew the government with the help of locally backed anti-Gaddafi groups, and his slipshoot withdrawal from Iraq each created power vacuums. So, leaving Assad in place created a power vacuum? Because that's what Obama did. If anything, he let Assad have complete sovereignty over Syria. That were quickly filled by America's enemies. Um, Libya is currently not in a power vacuum filled with America's enemies. Now, Libya has several problems, don't get me wrong. It's not ran by America's enemies. You do know that, right? Now, Biden is repeating those grave errors by creating a power vacuum of his own. Where? In Gaza? He has replaced strength with weakness, moral clarity with confusion. And loyalty with betrayal, Biden's void, too, is being filled by America's enemies, and Israelis are paying the price in blood. Ten Israelis have been killed, versus over 200 Palestinians, 50 of which were children. Americans should pray for peace of Jerusalem and stand without apology for our most cherished ally, Israel until the violence is quelled and Israel's security is restored. So that was nonsensical, and that's our show. I am Ephraim, and good night.